your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 346 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your next order. It is Sunday as I'm recording this. The Rangers, of course, once again shut out by the Islanders and Semyon Varlamov, this time by a score of 3 to nothing on Saturday night. I am going to, this is the promise I'm going to make you guys right at the top of the show here. I'm going to do my best to avoid repetition as much as possible between this episode and our previous episode, but some redundancy is all but guaranteed because it was basically the same game. You've got a situation where the Rangers fall into an early hole, which is obviously not a recipe for success really against anybody, but especially against this New York Islander team, which is so good defensively. You've got a situation where the Rangers can't get a puck past Simeon Varlamov. I mean, again, the biggest issue, like it was in the first of these two matchups, was creating scoring chances in general. But even in the rare instance where the Rangers actually, you know, set somebody up and a good scoring opportunity was had, uh, Simeon Varlamov would make the save. Varlamov, by the way, that is his fourth shutout this season against the New York Rangers. And they talked about some crazy stat at the end of the night as far as how long that had been. I've got it written down here. That is the first time a goalie in the NHL has shut out the same opponent four or more times since 1963-1964. So that's obviously not good. Uh, The Rangers turned to Alex Georgiev, who I kind of lobbied for him to get the start in the first of these two games against the Islanders. Once again, simply because... He tends to shut them down. He came in with a career record of 7-1 and one against the New York Islanders, and I think he's played well recently, and it was time to get him back in there for a game. Nothing against Igor Shesterkin. He's been fantastic as well, and uh, I'm never going to budge on the fact that I think that he's definitely the Rangers goalie, both of the present and of the future. But I was all for getting Georgiev back in there. Unfortunately, it was all a moot point. I mean, Igor and Georgiev, they can't score goals. They can't create scoring opportunities, and this is the result. You know, just another uh, fairly lackluster performance from the Rangers. I do think they were a little bit better in this game for whatever it's worth, and it's not just because they lost 3-0 instead of 4-0. That doesn't even really matter. I thought maybe their compete level was a little bit higher in this game. I don't think really in either of the two games, maybe in the first one a little bit, but definitely not this one, I don't think lack of of effort was really a problem. I think that this is just a really tough matchup. I said coming into this two-game set that I think the Rangers match up against the Islanders worse than they match up against any other team in the Eastern Division, possibly the entire NHL. I mean, we don't really know for sure because we've only played the same seven opponents this season, but this might be as difficult of a matchup as the Rangers are going to face against any team in the NHL because they just frustrate the Rangers. The Rangers, you know, they want to open things up a little bit. They want to set their stars up for some scoring opportunities, and unfortunately, the Islanders get an early lead, and they are almost impossible to beat when they get an early lead. I mean, their record when scoring first, I, I have it written down somewhere. I think it's like 21-1-3 and three or something like that. It's it's in that ballpark. It's just about that ridiculous or maybe even more ridiculous. But the bottom line is uh, the Rangers right now just don't have a formula to beat this team. And I hope that, you know, the silver lining here, obviously this was not a lot of fun. Anybody who sat through all six periods of this two-game set, my hat goes off to you. I mean, I, I have to because I got to talk about it on here. But anybody who sat through both of those games, kudos for uh, sticking with your team, hanging in there, and uh, supporting them all the way until the end. But I hope that what the silver lining from these two games is, is that 
maybe the Ranger front office now looks to add a little bit of grit, a little bit of nastiness. I mean, we talked about that, and I don't want to say that, like, there's not any grit, there's not any toughness on this team, because that's not true. I mean, you got guys like Jacob Truba, you got uh, Ryan Lindgren, certainly uh, Kreider, you know, he'll stick his nose in there as well. And it's not like the Rangers are passive, but they just don't have the size, and they don't have the roster to win a bunch of board battles against a tough, physical, grinded-out team like the New York Islanders right now. And that has certainly reared its head over this two-game set here. I do think it's important to point out, though, two things here. First of all, the Rangers in this game had seven rookies in their lineup. They have a total of 10 players who are playing on their first NHL contract, so that is something to keep in mind, and it's something that definitely uh, seemed to be the case as you're watching this game. Clearly, uh, if you look at this game, I feel like you could show this game to somebody that's never watched hockey in their life, and if you told them, all right, one of these teams made it to the Eastern Conference Finals, a.k.a. they were one of the last four teams standing in the league, and one of these teams has 10 guys who are playing on their first NHL contract. I think the person who never watched hockey could probably figure that out pretty fast in this one. So, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not making any excuses. I'm just stating facts. And the other thing that the Rangers definitely had working against them, they were missing uh, some good players and some guys that I think could definitely help in a game specifically against the New York Islanders because it is such a tough physical game. And again, you know, the Rangers that are out there, they don't have Jacob Truba. They don't have Ryan Lindgren. So there's two of your best three defensemen, I would argue. You know, probably those two and Adam Fox. So that's not a recipe for success. And you also don't have Chris Kreider. And again, he's going to go out there and play physical against the Islanders. You don't have Brett Howden either. And I know that, you know, Brett Howden, um, you know, he's left something to be desired ever since the Rangers made that trade that sent Miller and McDonough to the Lightning. But be that as it may, you know, the Rangers were missing a lot of their key players in this game. And a lot of guys who were specifically built to play against the Islanders. With Brett Howden, uh, we know he's going to be out for the season. He broke his foot blocking a shot in the last game. For everybody else, I mean, the Rangers, like a lot of teams in the NHL, kind of a little bit evasive about it. You know, they not saying for sure if any of these guys are going to come back for sure one way or the other. Uh, but again, you know, we'll just have to keep our fingers crossed and see if we can get Jacob Truba or Ryan Lindgren or Chris Kreider back in the lineup before too long. And... Despite what was obviously a lackluster performance for the Rangers and a disappointing result, though, uh, we will in just a second talk about some of the rookies. You know, there were a couple guys. There was one guy, actually, just that was making his NHL debut. That was Morgan Barron, Tarma Rayunanen, playing in his second NHL game. We're going to talk about all those guys in just a second here. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Wealthfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading can be a lot of fun, but... If you want to grow your long-term wealth and make it to the moon, you should open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Decades of data show that investors that trade individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor if you're doing it alone. Team up with Wealthfront instead. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNHL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL and get started today. 
We are going to be talking about the performances of some of the rookies in just a second here, but the first thing I wanted to do before that, just to kind of give you guys an idea of where everybody lined up as far as, you know, line combinations and defense pairings, uh, you know, not everybody maybe saw the game, and again, if you missed this one, you really didn't miss much, but as far as the line combos, only the top line remained unchanged. You had Zibanejad centering Alexi Lafreniere and Pavel Buchnevich, which is how it's been the last couple of games. The second line, Stroman Panarin, I mean, that's a given. They've been there pretty much all season. You now have Vitaly Krafsa on the right wing who played there in place of Colin Blackwell. There was a little bit of juggling during the game, uh, but that's how they started at least. And Krasov's kind of been the swing man for the Rangers, moving up and down and all around the lineup. As far as the third line, you've got Philip Hedl centering Colin Blackwell and Capo Caco. And then the fourth line, you've got Morgan Barron making his NHL debut. He's on the left wing of the fourth line that is centered by Kevin Rooney and Julian Gauthier back in the lineup at long last. He plays the right wing. So we got to talk about all these guys who, you know, either made their NHL debut or their second game in the case of Tarmo Reunanen. Morgan Barron, of course, made his NHL debut or got back into the lineup, Julian Gauthier. Uh, we can talk about all these guys a little bit here. Let's start with Morgan Barron. As has been tradition for the Rangers this season, they allowed him to, uh, you know, get onto the ice first. They knock a couple of pucks onto the ice. He skates around, takes a couple of shots, takes in the big moment. Obviously, it would have been nicer if the uh, Rangers played a little bit better in his NHL debut, but... It is what it is. You know, we saw it was just kind of a lackluster performance. And I do know, I'll get back to the kids in just a second, but it kind of just makes me wonder if, you know, the Rangers, they're kind of aware of where they are in the standings and they know how much the last loss against the Islanders before this game hurt their chances. I mean, that put them six points back and they only had five games to go. So you do wonder if maybe the team was a little bit disheartened because, you know, I talked about this when I was at the Ranger game exactly a week ago. I looked at them and, you know, you're, you're up close and personal. You're in the building. You can kind of get a sense of, you know, what's going on with the team. They, to me, looked like, I mean, granted, they were playing the Sabres. I get that. But they looked like a very focused team and a team that, you know, understood where it was in the standings and understood how well they were going to have to play and how good of a finish it was going to require for them to make the postseason. And then they just haven't looked good at all. And granted, you know, that's the Islanders uh, just not giving them anything to work with these last couple of games. And as for Morgan Barron's night, he skated for 11 minutes and 56 seconds. That was the second fewest of any Ranger player. The fewest belonged to Julian Gauthier, who was out there for 11 minutes and 50 seconds. But as for Morgan Barron, no time on special teams. He was a minus one on the night and delivered one hit. And some of the MSG analysts were talking about this. I think it was Steve Valaket who mentioned it. Uh, Morgan Barron, you know, considering that he's a rookie, considering he's making his NHL debut in this game, I thought he looked pretty comfortable with the puck on his stick. There were a couple of times, you know, Valaket mentioned that when you're making your debut, a lot of times the instinct is as soon as you get the puck, you know, move it, pass it to a teammate, uh, keep the puck moving, et cetera, et cetera. But there was an instance in this game, and it's not much, but, you know, we don't have a whole lot to go on because it was just his first game here. And they... Rangers got thoroughly outplayed and got shut out. So we got to just kind of cherry pick what we talk about here as far as Morgan Barron's debut. Uh, but there was a play in the first period where he picked up a loose puck in the neutral zone. He gained the blue line, which is an adventure in and of itself playing this Islander team. And then he passed to his right. He was up the left wing, passed to his right to Kevin Rooney. Uh, nothing came of it. No scoring chance really at all or anything like that, but he looked comfortable with the puck on his stick here. So that was an early positive sign, a small early positive sign, but a positive sign nonetheless. And then there was an instance in the second period where Julian Gauthier, he moved up the boards with the puck and he kind of got pinned along the boards. So that slowed him up, but he got some help from Morgan Barron. Barron came in hard on the forecheck, got the puck, and he actually made a pass back to the blue line to Libor Hayek. The puck kind of hopped over Hayek's stick and out of the zone. I mean, personally, I think Hayek's probably got to handle that pass, uh, but be that as it may, again, you know, Morgan Barron, he goes in, he gets the puck, he kind of spins away from a player on the Islanders and passes back to the blue line. Again, these are not like spectacular Hall of Fame uh, career highlight real worthy plays, but you know, looks comfortable, 
And one of the nice things about Barron is that he's able to play both center and the wing. Of course, they had him at left wing in this game, but it's nice to have a player that has that kind of flexibility going forward. I mean, there's some guys who can play both positions, but you know they're either more comfortable or they're just a far better player at one or the other. Uh, we'll see how it goes with Morgan Barron, but it is nice knowing that you know he's able to play both wing and center. And we'll look to see how they deploy him in these last four games here. I'm definitely curious. I know that a lot of times when there's a young Ranger debuting, I've talked about how I, I wouldn't like to see them on the fourth line. The only problem with that right now is that there is a little bit of a logjam, even with Chris Kreider being out of the lineup. Um, you know, I'd like to see Morgan Barron maybe get a chance in the top nine, but the only question there is, you know, who comes out of it? You know, maybe for one of these games, you could drop Heedle from the third line down to the fourth line and put Morgan Barron at center just to see what he could do at center. Um, nothing against Philip Heedle. You know, he's had an all right season, but... I think, you know, we kind of are starting to get to know what we have with Philip Heedle already, whereas Morgan Barron, you know, assuming he plays in these last four games, he'll only be five games into his NHL career. And I don't think, uh, you know, moving Philip Heedle down is going to kill the team or anything like that. But just for anybody who might need a little bit more background information on Morgan Barron, he had a three-year career at Cornell University and then decided he was right to the NHL. That pretty much brings us to now. I mean, in his career at Cornell, 98 games, 34 goals, 50 assists, so a total of 84 points in those 98 career games. And he was not an early-round pick of the Rangers by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, he was a six-round pick, going number 174 overall back in 2017. And we've talked about the importance of drafting well. You know, the Rangers, they've definitely had their hits over the years. They've definitely had their misses over the years. But when you can find a player, kind of a diamond in the rough late in the draft, I mean, the draft's only seven rounds. And by the time you get to rounds, you know, five, six, seven, I mean, they're basically dart throws. There's no way to know for sure what you're going to get out of this player. And so the fact that Morgan Barron was drafted in the sixth round and he's making his NHL debut at the tender age of just 22, that bodes well for the future for both him and the Rangers. That The Rangers think that highly of him that, all right, you know what, let's throw him out there. He's ready to rock. Who cares when we drafted him? He's somebody who can come in and contribute and help us win. And that's when you start to really take big strides forward as a franchise, when you start nailing those late-round picks. I mean, Alexi Lafreniere, Capo Caco, they went number one, number two overall, respectively. And I do think there's a bright future for both of those players. And obviously, the Rangers are going to need them big time. But... When you can really start hitting and finding some diamonds in the rough, that's when you've got something. And, uh, you know, it's just great to see Morgan Barron already making his debut at the age of 22. Because as we talked about before on this podcast, you know, NHL history is littered with six-round draft picks that never even make it to the NHL. Morgan Barron's already there at age 22, which is very impressive. Just wanted to take a minute to let you guys know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It is the best tasting protein and energy bar that I have ever had. It's kind of hard to explain. You just have to experience it for yourself. It's got real chocolate, amazing flavors, and unlike a lot of other protein bars, energy bars, you don't need a gallon of water to get rid of that weird, funky aftertaste that sometimes comes with the other bars. It's just good, and it actually kind of tastes quite a bit like a candy bar. It has an amazing combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar. There are no crazy additives, and if you compare it to the most popular men's bar, Cliff, it is half the calories, seven times fewer carbs, seven times fewer sugar grams, and more protein. How can it be that good and taste that good? I don't know. You just got to try it for yourself. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. 
Bet Online offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. The other new face on the Rangers for this game was Tarmo Rayunin. Now, Rayunin, of course, made his NHL debut a couple of months ago, about six weeks ago to be exact, March 15th at home against the Philadelphia Flyers. And Rayunin actually picked up the first point of his NHL career. It was a primary assist. He dished across the ice to Artemi Panarin. And Panarin, you know, knowing him, he's so unselfish to begin with. And he, he really does look to pass before he looks to shoot. But realizing, uh, well, first of all, that he was in prime scoring real estate, was kind of in his office in the uh, left faceoff circle there. But realizing that, hey, you know, if I score here, uh, this guy can get his first career NHL assist. And he winds back and cranks it home. And uh, Rayunin did indeed pick up his first career NHL point. But it's interesting because Rayunin in that game against the Flyers six weeks ago played just eight minutes and 57 seconds. Whereas in this game against the Islanders here, he was out there for 17 minutes and 35 seconds. So nearly double the amount of ice time. He came away with one shot on goal, one hit and two block shots, and a zero plus minus rating. And, you know, he didn't really stand out to me so much one way or the other, but overall, I thought he played pretty well. They had him out there with Brendan Smith. That was the Rangers' third pairing. But yeah, you know, for anybody who might need a refresher, Tarmo Reunion was selected by the Rangers in 2016 in the fourth round. He went number 98 overall, currently 23 years old. In fact, just turned 23 in March. So again, another young player, another guy uh, kind of fast-tracked to the NHL, and it's great to see. Uh, he played extensively in Liga before coming to the NHL. 151 total games in Liga, scored 12 goals, had 38 assists for a total of 50 points, and somebody that the Rangers seem to be high on, and he's going to get some run here, a good chance to kind of stake his claim toward maybe being a part of that opening night roster next season. I think it could definitely go either way. Of course, it could come down to what the Rangers do in the offseason. You know, is Brennan Smith going to be back? Are the Rangers going to bring in anybody else via free agency, via trade, uh, whatever it might be? But we will see. You know, Tarmo Rayunin has definitely thrown his name in the hat at the very least. And then speaking of young Ranger defensemen, I want to talk a little bit about Zach Jones as well. I thought this was one of the better games that he's played for the Rangers really ever since uh, being promoted to the team. Was out there for 17 minutes and 41 seconds. Got a minute and one second on the power play. He was a minus one on the night. Put three shots on goal. Delivered one hit. Blocked one shot and also had one giveaway. But overall, I thought this was a solid night. I thought Jones did a really nice job kind of picking his spots about when to jump up in the offense a little bit. He had, I mean... I, this sounds like a little bit of a stretch, but really, I don't think it was. This is one of the better uh, Rangers scoring opportunities of the night. Uh, the Rangers were working the puck around the perimeter. Keandre Miller had the puck at the blue line. He passes to his left to Zach Jones. Jones fires from kind of the top of the left faceoff circle, but what else is new? Varlamov makes the save, and I think this is about as close as uh, Zach Jones has come to scoring a goal thus far in his NHL career. I know he got his first NHL assist a week ago against Buffalo, but uh, yeah, came at least somewhat close to putting the puck in the net here, and somebody who, again, you know, who's to say if he's going to be on the opening night roster next year? I get the feeling he will, just the fact that we saw him, the Rangers go back to him uh, before they turn back to Tarmo Reunion and down the stretch here. I would imagine Jones has a pretty good chance of being one of the six guys dressed on opening night next season. But again, just like it will with Reunion, 
it's going to depend a lot on what the Rangers do this offseason. But so far, uh, I do like what I've seen from Zach Jones. He did have one hiccup in this game. It was kind of early in the third period. Matt Barzell kind of danced around him and went in and got a chance right from the doorstep. Alex Gear, we have turned him aside. But uh, yeah, you know, Jones, it was a little bit of a hiccup there. I think he probably could have you know, done a better job getting in Barzell's way, knocking the puck away, doing something to make it a little bit harder for Matt Barzell uh, to get to the net there. But Jones, you know, through his first six games with the Rangers, I feel like he's acclimated himself pretty well. He's got the one assist. He is a minus two overall, eight shots on goal. He's averaging 12 minutes and 42 seconds of ice time per night. He's delivered five hits, and he has blocked six shots. But more than anything, I just think he looks comfortable. He looks like he's ready to go at the NHL. And, uh, you know, down the stretch here, might as well play him as much as possible. I mean, I know Adam Fox tends to kind of gobble up the ice time on a nightly basis and for very obvious and very deserving reasons. But one thing that I found kind of interesting about this game so Adam Fox, he obviously led the way, 22 minutes and 30 seconds of ice time. After that, the other five Ranger defensemen, uh, they were in the range of 17 minutes and 35 seconds of ice time and 19 minutes and 38 seconds, excuse me, 19 minutes and 48 seconds of ice time. So not as much of a discrepancy as you might think. You know, they were playing the kids and letting them uh, go out there and put their best foot forward. And I think that's the way to go down the stretch here. Uh, one other thing that I should definitely point out, because I know, you know, probably a lot of fans are pretty well aware of where the Rangers are in terms of the playoff picture and what needs to happen for them to get in. And basically, the long and short of it is it's just not going to happen this year, guys. Uh, the first of those two losses against the Islanders was absolutely devastating. And then this last loss, not only did it clinch a playoff spot for the Islanders, but it just about put the nail in the coffin for the Rangers. So technically, there is still a chance. So cue all the dumb and dumber memes about, so you're saying there's a chance. Yes, technically there is. But the only way the Rangers can make the playoffs now is they have to win all of their final four games, and the Boston Bruins must lose all of their final six games. And all six of those losses, just so we're clear here, they have to be in regulation. So that's going to be really, really tough. I mean, I suppose one kind of fun thing that could happen, if the Rangers could somehow win their next two games against the Capitals and the Bruins lose their next two games, then at least the Rangers go into that two-game set against the Bruins technically still in it, and you're playing the team that you're chasing. That would at least uh, add a little bit of spice to those games, I think. But... You know what, guys? It's it's pretty much one in a million at this point. Uh, but be that as it may, it's been a really fun season. And I know it's disappointing. I know we all want to get into the playoffs. But I strongly do believe this team and this franchise going in the right direction. They are rebuilding the right way. And it does take some time. Are the Rangers going to be a Stanley Cup contender next season? I don't think they will be. I do think they'll be a playoff team. I've been kind of putting, for the past two years here, I've been kind of putting it at 50-50 going into the season for both of these years. And obviously last year, you know, the pandemic happened. And we end up with a crazy 2014 playoff tournament. And then, of course, this year, it doesn't look like it's going to be happening. But I do think there'll be a playoff team next year. And then beyond that, um, you know, I, I think they're probably going to be taking a step toward contendership uh, by the season after next season. So hang in there. We are getting there. We are moving in the right direction. A lot of these players are a lot better now than they were just a season ago. We do have some young players who are just playing, you know, their first game, their second game, their sixth game, whatever it might be, and they might need some more seasoning next year, but the Rangers are putting the pieces together. You know, Vitaly Krausov's another one. We haven't really talked about him, but he's obviously a kid, and he's obviously uh, only had a small amount of work in the NHL, but all these guys are coming along nicely. I think next year is when they take a step forward, they make it to the playoffs, you see what happens when you get there, you roll the dice, and then after that, I think, you know, the season after that one is the year that, you know, they could be a, a serious contender, but we'll just have to wait and see how it goes, and we're not done yet this season, and obviously at Locked on New York Rangers, when the season's over, we're going to press on here, we'll talk about, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs, we'll talk about anything going on in the Ranger offseason, I got a lot of fun offseason content planned for you guys, so definitely make sure you stick around for that. 
But that will pretty much do it for today, guys. The only other thing I wanted to do was to give you the Rangers schedule the rest of the way here. Of course, there's only four games left. And by this time next week, the Rangers regular season will be over. But anyway, on Monday, they will be at home against the Washington Capitals at 7 p.m. Wednesday, they will once again be at home against the Washington Capitals once again at 7 p.m. That is the beginning of a back-to-back, -back, but the following game after that will be at the Boston Bruins at 7 p.m., and then the Rangers will conclude their regular season on Saturday at the Boston Bruins at 3 p.m. So that's what's ahead. Let's have some fun down the stretch here. It's going to be a lot of fun to uh, see the kids play. Make sure you keep coming back to Lockdown New York Rangers. We are going to be breaking down all these games the final week of the season here. And like I said, I think we got some fun things to talk about in the offseason, kind of look toward the future a little bit, uh, maybe dive into some classic content. Who knows? You know, it's going to be a lot of fun, though. And uh, once again, thank you guys, as always, for tuning in to the Lockdown New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. Once again, if you would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.